Have you ever questioned what is actually going on here? I have. And the answers that I've had to my insane questions have never made sense until I've heard the aliens speak. I'm talking about the beings that speak through our beings, the channelers. They give us new perspectives that shatter our worldview and shift the paradigm. Here, you'll get your weekly dose full of weird shit of aliens, channeling, spirituality, astral projection, galactic lineage, and so much more. And by pressing play, you'll start to embrace your own inner alien. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. Um, What a difference a a walk outside and a shower um, makes for a shift in your mindset and whole being. (laughs) Um, I was doing a lot of, um, I guess, inner work, you could say, uh, earlier today. And I was like diving deep in a workshop about like uh, inner childhood uh, healing. It's one of those things that like, you know, obviously we go on layers and layers of depths of like our healings and like we're, it's never like linear and we're spiraling. And so it's like, it's been something that I've been wanting to like dive into deeper with myself and like uh, heal a lot of things that, uh, yeah, heal a lot of things that I was ready to heal and release things that I was ready to let go of. And um, I had came back to St. Louis. I was in Florida um, with a friend or with friends. And once I came back to St. Louis, I was like getting into routines. Again, I like cleaning my place, like getting everything super fresh, like re like a nice, really good reset. And uh, like, I do this a lot when I travel and have like a home base to come back to. And you probably can relate to this even when you have life happen and it's kind of like things gone awry and then you like tighten things up and you put things away and like laundry's done, the bed's made and it just feels fucking great. You're just like, yes, I am going to lay down tonight and feel so good about the day. So that's the kind of day that I had yesterday. And then it bled into like, I was back into the gym and working out and, you know, um, I don't like to wash my hair uh, often. So it's like a once a week situation for me. So like, I was like working out doing all these things. So back from Florida. And so I was like, kind of like a greasy mess doing the shadow work, woke up a little bit later, like in the thick of it. And I was like, Oh God, like I really want to record and create today, but I am in no way, shape or form, like ready to (laughs) record myself. And, um, needed a shift before I was like, going to be ready to like put something out there. I was like, nobody wants to hear the thoughts in my head right now. And it's just, it's like, uh, that just like very rawness of like, we have those days and those moments of that, like angry gremlin that comes in. And I'm going to talk about week two of the artist way. Um, if you're following the series on this, um, it's a spiritual path to higher creativity And the book is by Julia Cameron, just to recap. So I'll be like reading some quotes out of this. And funny enough, the way that the universe works with these lessons within this week, uh, a lot of this was reflected and mirrored back to me in like very strong ways. I was like, okay, (laughs) let's dive into this. 
Um, so this journey is going to be interesting. It's definitely not for the faint of heart. And it's, I say this because even when we go into like our healing journeys or spiritual journeys or like just journeying of questioning, we can trigger ourselves and we can trigger actually a lot of people in the process that like aren't ready to ask certain questions or think about certain things for themselves. And then that intent, that in turn, just like, I don't know, just can vomit back on you. And you're just like, what the fuck? Um, yeah. So let me know if you've ever had that experience, but I mean, obviously I don't mean literally, it's just figure figuratively vomit or vomit on you or bleed vomit or, um, uh, limiting beliefs or I don't know what else I'm trying to say, but you get the idea. Yeah. So that was the kind of morning that I had from that past week. And then, um, yeah, I was like, you need to take yourself outside and shift, uh, your energy right now because it was, we were getting a little dark. Um, so I went out hair, crazy, greasy, just sweats, just threw on my headphones listened to one of my favorite podcasts, um, and then had some quiet time. Like then the, then it was like a gray day. And then all of a sudden, like midway through where like I sat on a bench and I just took a deep breath and I was just like, okay, things are moving. Let's just clear the energy. And so I was having my own intention of just like releasing cords and releasing anything that was like in, like stuck in my field. So it was like in the process of doing this on laying on a bench and uh, then the sun came out and then the sky became blue and the clouds are all like white and puffy. And I was like, wow, that was a really nice reflective way from like my outside reality to what my like inner world was also doing. So I came back, um, came back from the walk and then, you know, just took a fresh shower, got dressed and it's just like, oh, that's that's what you need. Sometimes you get so much like in this, like, I don't know a rut or like in the thick of something or just like get in like these downward spirals of like being mean to yourself and sometimes you just need to take yourself on a walk and take a shower so that was uh that was my morning so the week two topic is recovering a sense of identity and there's um the first thing that she says is that like basically Uh, We may feel and look erratic. This erraticism is a normal part of getting unstuck, pulling free from the muck that has blocked us. And it's a lot of like, I can't tell you like if it being a creative person or wanting to put something out there into the world or having this urge to like make something, no matter if you're going to share it with anybody or not, like I have... I have been a creative as long as I can remember. Like I sewed and painted and drew and all these different mediums that I like to explore with. Now it's words and um, communication. Communication is one of my favorite ways to um, to create. And uh, I didn't know all of like the thoughts and the feelings that I was having about my creative process was like a normal thing to feel like I thought I was so alone in the ways that I was like doubting myself or 
thinking that my shit wasn't good or like why why am I even trying like all these just really dark things about like just fucking trying to create something not even share it not even sell it but just even that and then on top of thinking about sharing it with the world is is like a scary thing and um I was never really able to articulate or like find somebody that was able to like speak to a lot of the fears deep down that like I had felt when trying to put myself out there, put my work out there, or, you know, just show up creatively or live a more creative life until I started reading this fucking book. And this book has like blown everything out of the water of literally just speaking to such parts of me that like, I was like, holy shit, like, this is something that is part of the process. This is like a normal thing to feel. This is a normal thing to like go through. Um, and so it's been very eye-opening in this journey to like help with my process of when like I want to call it quits or restart or not think that like, you know, my, my words are, are valuable or my creative or my creativeness, which is just like our essence-ness. Like we, you know, it's, it's who we are. Um, I think that it's such bullshit when people are like, oh, I'm not creative. Like, no, we are literally creating our reality, co-creating, and that's why we're on earth. So you're freaking creative. So, um, anyways, that was a little bit of a rant, which I'll probably do more of. Uh, so she says, There is a recognizable ebb and flow to the process of recovering our creative selves. As we gain strength, so will some of the attacks of self-doubt. This is normal. And we can deal with these stronger attacks when we see them as symptoms of recovery. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, I always thought, like, um, especially with self-doubt, I've had self-doubt that absolutely feels crippling. And it's something that, like, takes over my body. I am in fight or flight feeling like I'm going to die if I share something or if I try to like put things out there and stuff. And so I have battled this for years. Like I have all, like I have wanted to start a podcast for years. I, when blogging first came out, I wanted to blog for years, like all these different creative outlets that I was drawn to, but then like was just so stifled with self-doubt of like, what do I even say? Like, do I have anything to offer anybody? Like, you know, and I think about all those missed chances of like creativity being birthed and like new layers of myself being explored. Um, And I have, I mean, to be frank, like I have a lot of regret with that because I feel like Jesus Christ, like I could be so much further ahead or like, further deeper into myself or have different mediums now or have like a more articulate way that I do choose my medium. And so I have to like work through that and like release that, um, that like guilt of like, oh, you should have just stuck with it. And I think as like artists and creatives and, um, when we have these like very like psychically sensitive, uh, beingness, uh, when we are more tapped in as what, you know, some would say we have more of that, that hold us back because we, we sense, we sense other people's energies. So we're more sensitive to maybe critiques or more sensitive to, uh, people's even thoughts of our work that like we don't even see. So it's, it's an interesting thing. So, 
Yeah. So self-doubt. That is something I have continued to work through. And uh, this has really helped me just give voice to that. So she says, just as a recovering alcoholic, one must avoid the first drink. The recovering artist must avoid the first, uh, must first avoid the first think. For us, that think is really self-doubt. I don't think any of this is good. And she says that we can neutralize them once we recognize them as a sort of creative virus. Like when it comes through across your brain, your thoughts or that like ugly gremlin that's in your brain is just like, no, that's just a side effect of trying to just pull my creativeness back out from the darkness. And then she says, early in our creative recovery, self-doubt can lure us into self-sabotage. Do not let self-sabotage turn into, oh, no, sorry. Do not let your self-doubt turn into self-sabotage. And um, yeah, she just like spoke so directly to that of like what I've been feeling for years and why like I thought that, you know, I was like, God, I'm fucking nuts. Like I can't get this shit together. Like I can't get past this doubt of myself. Like the amount of accounts that I had to like delete and restart and rebrand. And, you know, and I think a lot of that is also within my own alignment of things like of things that I was trying on that might not have fully been my like fullest authentic expression of myself. And I'm continuing to dig that up and, and get closer to that. Um, so some of that is that, but I think that if I were to actually really realize that self-sabotage is just a side effect of that, and that's something that you can just continue to like recognize, see, and then move through it, I could have, I could have moved past it. And so that's what we're doing right now. Um, so then she says, blocked friends might find your recovery disturbing. Be alert to subtle sabotage from your friends. Um, be particularly alert to any suggestions that you have become selfish or different. These are red flags, red alert words for us. Their uh, attempts to leverage us back into our old ways for the sake of someone else's comfort, not your own. Um, and I even think about this when I've had like my sober curious, um, like sober stints of, from alcohol, like, or different ways that like I want to live my life. Um, and even when I decide to make a decision, like I took I took about a year off of alcohol until I came back to the States and I kind of dabbled in and out back with it again. And, um, yeah. And so I realized that like when I had came back, like a lot of people had kind of issues or like thought like, who are you? Like, you're really different now, or, um, I don't recognize you or you changed so much or all this stuff, like just because I didn't want to have a drink and, um, and you know, that's just a journey in itself. But I do really relate to like alcohol and creativity as she puts in the book, like going hand in hand when like you decide to like take time outside uh, for your own creative process. And maybe you're like, you know what, I'm not going to go out or I'm not going to um, go out with friends or I'm, I'm going to not uh, watch this movie with my partner or I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z of what I have been doing and just like carve out a piece or a chunk of time for my creative process is equal to as threatening for people when you're just like, yeah, I don't feel like drinking tonight. And then they immediately think, fuck, like all of their 
hidden self beliefs that like about around alcohol, like vomit onto you. And then you feel really guilty about like not having a drink. And the same thing I feel like happens with creativity. And, um, so if you're like showing up and you're like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to do my art today. I think you can have that same like sense of vomitness from the people around you, even when they're trying, even when you know that they're like loving and you know, they're not actually trying to attack you, but it's like their own kind of inner trigger, I guess. So, um, and she says, it's very important to understand that the time given to morning pages is between you and God. And the morning pages um, are something that you do daily and you write three pages a day when you wake up, just brain dump it out. And it's something that I was able to keep up. I have been consistent with it since doing this. I haven't missed a day, even when I was traveling, um, even when I thought like, oh shoot, like I slept in or what this and that, like I, I put my morning pages and have made that a priority. And that's been really, um, I've been really proud to like stick to that because I can, um, have a tendency to like want to do things and then fall away. And then if I miss a day, then it's, you know, it's like the consistency thing, um, and committing to something and that commitment energy is really important for me now to like follow through with myself and my creativity. So she says, often creativity is blocked by our failing in or in our falling in with other people's plans for us. We tend to think that such behavior makes us good people. It doesn't. It makes us frustrated people. And I think about like even as creatives, like if you if you feel like you have people pleasing tendencies or you go with the flow or you enjoy people's times. And and I have definitely been um, a what do you say? Like, um, I have been doing that. (laughs) And I was just like, I've just been called, I've just been so called out with this chapter too. So, um, and it's important to like, obviously like live life and, and do the things that you want to do, but like to step back and be like, okay, are these, is this like robbing me of the time that I also want to give to my creativeness and what I want to put out in the world. Cause I think that we have creativity and we have our channeled information and art and our gift the work to the world to like share. And we are stifled in many ways. And, uh, anyways, so let me get back to some of her quotes. Um, she says, we need to trust the great creator and move out in faith. Repeat. The great creator has gifted us with creativity. Our gift back to our gift back is our use of it. Do not let friends squander your time. Soon enough, you'll be a bridge that will allow others to cross over from self-doubt into self-expression. And then she talks about crazy makers. And uh, I... Um, have been met with this, this like section of the book, very like, uh, just very triggering. Cause I look at the people that I like absolutely love in my life, but then I can also see them versions of being crazy makers in my life. And, um, one of her quotes further into it, when I get into it, she talks about how like basically 
yes, they are doing this to you, but you ultimately are doing it to yourself because you are the one that actually wants to avoid your art and your creativity. So it's kind of like also allowing crazy makers to be your own version of self-sabotage. So she says, crazy makers are those personalities that create storm centers. They're often charismatic, frequently charming, highly attentive, and powerfully persuasive. And for the creative person in their venacity, they are enormously destructive. You know the type, charismatic, but out of control, long on problems, and short on solutions. Crazy makers like drama. If they can swing it, they are the star. And so she hits all these different like uh, kind of accounts of versions of crazy makers, how they spend your time and money, um, how they like borrow your car and then return it late or different versions of like what this, um, what a crazy maker can be in your reality. They discount their reality. So no matter how, what your deadline is, then it's like, you know, you're, they swoop in and like whatever is important in their life, like they need to talk about that. Or they, um, what else is the other? Oh, break deals and destroy schedules. So it's like, um, yeah, like they just, they just cause havoc basically on your creativity. And she says, because crazy makers thrive on energy, your energy, they set people against one another in order to maintain their own power position dead center. That's where they can feed most directly on the negative energies they stir up. Um, and it is, uh, okay, let's go further into it and then we'll chat about it more. In the hands of crazy makers, time is a primary tool of abuse. Ugh, just as just keeps going. Like this, um, if you have not bought this book yet, like you need to dive into it. But so she goes through with all these different versions of how people can be crazy makers in, um, in your life. And she says, if crazy makers are that destructive, what are we doing involved with them? This is going to be huge. Okay. She says, the answer to be brief but brutal is that we're that crazy ourselves and we are that self-destructive. She goes, really? Yes. As blocked creatives, we are willing to go to almost any lengths to remain blocked. As frightening and abusive as life with a crazy maker is, we find it far less threatening than the challenge of a creative life of our own. Using this fear as our excuse, we continue to allow others to abuse us. Admit that you are being used and admit that you are, oh wait, and admit that you are using your own abuser. Your crazy maker is a block. You choose yourself to deter your, um, or to, um, deter you from your own trajectory. As much as you are being exploited by the crazy maker, you too are using that person to block your creative flow. So then she talks further into like codependency and like exploring like where else are you codependent in like relationships or, um, yeah. So I don't know. I think this is something to do with the, uh, the, like the relationship types. There's a course that she mentions, Love Addicts Anom- Anonymous. Um, so I'll probably check that out because I've just been excavating, like just deep diving in myself like lately. And uh, yeah, so she's just like talking about these crazy makers and 
And I can like look back to, into different parts in my life and like different people and uh, different things that I was like trying to create or put out there in the world. And like, I find myself being wrapped up into like all these different scenarios or things and, you know, and you just get dragged in and you like let yourself get there. Um, yeah. So that was, uh, very interesting to, um, to read. And if you're thinking right now, like definitely reflect into your life to be like, shit, do I have a crazy maker or did I have a crazy maker? And how is it that like, I am also like blocking myself? Cause that's just like, that's just fucked up, but that's what, that's what we do, you know? Um, okay. So she says, oh, this is, I think on skepticism. Oh, let's see if one of the, oh, one of the things, so she says, this is another one of her quotes. One of the things most worth noting in the creative recovery is our reluctance to take seriously the responsibility that the universe just might be cooperating with our new and expanded plans. Um, inner work, triggering outer change, ridiculous, slam the door. God bothering help to or God bothering to help my own creative recovery slam. Don't want to think about it. Synchronicity supporting my artists, um, with serendipitous coincidences, slam, slam, slam. Like we think that like, as we go on this process and then we realize like, Oh, okay. Um, the world is like conspiring with me to like help me with this, like creative endeavor or maybe entrepreneurship or channeling or healing or whatever. Um, these things that come into our awareness that might potentially help us. We're just like, Oh no, that's just, that's not here to help me. And so we kind of like deny that. So she says in the creative recovery, it is not necessary that we change any of our beliefs. It's necessary that we examine them. And that's the big thing with anything, right? It's just like actually bringing light to our patterns or to our thoughts or beliefs. And that in itself will help change things. Um, because then now we have like more awareness around this thing. Very often a creative block manifests itself as an addiction to fantasy. The truth is that a creative life involves great sweeps of attention. Attention is a way to connect and survive. And uh, so basically attention is in healing and it, giving our attention to our creative process is uh, is giving it time and it's, it's going to be what is going to basically unlock things. So she also goes through, um, rules. It's about to wrap up on, um, this chapter rules of the road that I'll read to you. Um, she says, and there's 10 of them in order to be an artist, I must, Number one, show up at the page. Use the page to reset, to dream, to try. Two, fill the well by caring for my artist. Three, set small and gentle goals and meet them. Four, pray for guidance, courage, and humility. Five, remember that it is far harder and more painful to be blocked artist than it is to do the work. And I fucking agree with this. It is. It's just, oh, it's so painful to like give it up to stop and then 
it's painful then to like look at your art stuff or like what you had creative and then all the time that has gone by and then it's like harder to even pick it up because you're just like oh my god this has just been like too long since I've even tried it so we just need to be the artist that we want to be six be alert always for the presence of the great creator leading and helping my artist seven choose companions to who encourage me to do the work not just talk about doing the work or why I'm not doing the work eight Remember the great creator loves creativity. Nine, remember that it is my job to do the work, not to judge the work. Ten, place this sign in my workplace. Great creator, I will take care of the quantity. You will take care of the quality. And uh, yeah, so I haven't yet dived into the tasks um, that she, so like every time that she like writes um, about the chapter for the week, you have tasks that you do throughout the week. And, um, I like uncovered a lot in the last week's tasks. So I'll be diving into that later today and tomorrow, probably just to finish that up, which is really interesting. But yeah, so as I'm working through this week, I was like reflected back, uh, by someone like close to me of just like something that was very, like, could have been very triggering, and initially, like, it was more of, like, a shock to the system because I was like, what the fuck was that just said? Was that just said? Um, and to be honest, I didn't really know what to do with it. Like, I kind of let it, let it, like, float there because I was like, wow, this is way deeper than just, like, your thoughts on me. It's, like, your thoughts on 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 the whole situation, on yourself and uh yeah. And her thoughts on me. So this person basically told me that like, I like to hear myself speak. And, uh, it was like out of the blue and it would have definitely triggered so much in me in the past where I would have just like shut down and, um, questioned like everything that I was doing and, you know, discount my voice and stuff. And, my throat chakra has been something that I have had to work on my whole life. Like, um, I think that, uh, in my experience, we, you know, our chakras can be at different times blocked and typically we might have like one or two or, um, some main ones that we have to like really just like handle in this lifetime. And for me, it's been the throat chakra and the heart chakra, which I've talked about that in previous episodes in the if you want to dig back. But um, so my point is, is this, this was like, could have been attacking my throat chakra and could have been attacking like my uh, sense of um, right to share my voice. Like, oh, you just like to hear yourself speak. And the way that it came across was just like, uh, really like just a straight up dig. So what I did realize is that, wow, we are way more healed in that area of our life than I, maybe that I thought. And it feels nice to be like, huh, that, that is, uh, her opinion or her perspective currently of me now or of something that was brought up within her because we're just all mirroring each other all the time. Um, but I was able to be like, Yeah. I mean, I like to communicate. I like to talk. I like to interview. I like words. I I like um, 
the energy that moves through that. So yeah, I guess, I guess I do like to hear myself talk. Um, but anyways, that was like super reflective into this week and, um, a few different experiences that had popped up within this, which is, um, always really fun when like you're working through healing something and then you're met immediately with like that reflection to be like, are we, are we healed? Did you, are we learning the lesson? Are you going to like dive into it? Are you going to let this spiral you down or like, are you healed enough in this area? And so it was a nice, um, it was a nice moment for myself, um, to be like, yeah, that didn't, that didn't bother me as much as I thought it would. And also it was like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Um, I'm going to record lots of podcasts so you can listen. (laughs) Um, anyways, so that's week two. I hope that's helpful for like your journey with where you're at. Um, and uh, obviously, definitely encourage you to get the book for yourself and work through it. Um, but even just sharing in my journey, maybe it will just help you on um, your creative journey on what you want to put out into the world also. And I will see you in the next episode. And I hope you have a great day. I hope you feel way more weird and way more connected to your inner alien. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would really deeply appreciate it if you would send it to a friend or even share it on social media. You could even reach out and connect to me. And until then, I will see you in the next episode.